I'm back. I got one of those uh, grocery store chickens on my way back from watching James Bond, uh, No Time to Die with Jackson. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask how uh, No Time to Bond was. No Time to Bond. It's a long movie for, for the title. Um, there's a lot of contradictions with it. Jackson did yell. Turns out, spoiler, turns out there was time to die. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, we we there was uh, also more corny Bond jokes than usual, but like, oh, we saw the Moonfall trailer. Okay, so I think you already know this, but like, yeah, I definitely had a few mints during on my way to the theater, and then the Moonfall trailer happened, and I just like couldn't stop myself from laughing, and I was the only person laughing in the theater, and it was like a packed out. <laughs> I it was like thinking... Homer Simpson laughing his ass off at something, like laughing his ass off, like it's man getting hit by football yeah. in the groin. <laughs> I, I love that one and I I kept thinking of just different corny titles for it. I don't I didn't have any on, on hand, but because it has a JFK speech coming to the point of saying like the moon will come to us. <laughs> I've been quite movie pilled since watching Dune the other day. Uh, oh, okay. instant classic. I know okay, okay, we'll talk about Dune in a sec. But like after that I was like, oh yeah, I can just go to the movies now. And you know, sometimes I have like a now I have like rarely free weeknights, but I can't. I, I it's hard for me to tell whether a night's going to be free. And so on right. Friday night, thought I was going to have more work to do. And I didn't. I was like, well, mo- uh, my girlfriend's not in town, and none of my other friends were in town at the time either. Or most of my friends weren't in town, and I just just like I could just go to the movies and have dinner there. <laughs> and yeah. and so I, I ate the nuclear cheese nachos and watch that Wes Anderson movie, which is meh, but it was a very Wes Anderson movie. Um, oh, really? Okay, because I was thinking we're going to see that on. It's it's fun. It's it's quirky. It's just didn't have as much depth. It's a bit more of an anthology. Um, right, yeah. I haven't even seen anybody really talk about it, just besides no. Wes Anderson discourse, but nothing about the movie itself, French Dispatch. Yeah, everyone um, decided to have, like, this last running battle over the remainder of the Wes Anderson discourse. Everyone's like dead and just like this one last year. Like even I have things to say, but like they're they're just like more huh things. But they're yeah, they're cutesy, they're fun. Like I, I went to see it alone. I, I had a good time. Okay. Walk me through your feelings on Dune. I really want to know. I also I'm okay. 200 pages in now. How many pages is that book? Like 400 uh, this the one I have, the the annoying like soon to be a mo- major motion picture. Like it was either this one or the one with Timmy Sh- Timothy Chalamet on it. Oh, here's the oh, cover. I the okay, I like that. That's a good cover for it, it's good. It's it's, 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 it's like a little Russian abstract. Sci-fi. Yeah, like it does look like that Eastern Bloc kind of movie poster <laughs> thing. Yeah. So this one, I would say, right up until the appendices is like 630 pages. Okay, so, so you're some... still like in the movie. I'm still in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so uh, yeah, don't spoil. One second. One second. One second. Me, but, what? Uh, let's 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 start the show. I have a funny, I have a funny bedroom. <laughs> okay. Speed, agility, power. I'm a big fan of these things. All of the performance I demand for myself on the ice is here. Handles all of my needs in dynamic fashion. I see you now about the fall time, baby, but you know that I got nothing to say. It's a charming look on your face. When you're rising by something I just can't do now. Everybody, <laughs> no, no, no. Take let, it. let me do this. It's good. <laughs>
All right, welcome everybody to another episode of Siege to Beer Fever. I'm your host, Elliot Hoyt. <laughs> Joining me as always is... Yeah, and Elliot, sorry, I didn't hear that. What did you say? <laughs> Siege to Beer Fever. It's where Stilgar and Chani live. That's actually the name of Siege to Beer? So like, I mean, I'm probably the butchering the pronunciation, and if you like have a, even like the slightest inclination of Arabic existing <laughs> as a thing, you can probably tell. Like, sure. You probably excellent. know the pronunciation is better, but excellent reference to Frank Al Herbert's Dune. Well, yeah, welcome everybody. Uh, it's just Elliot and I today. Jackson's alive. I saw a movie with him today. It's not Dune. Uh, we probably piped in the audio. Jackson and I watched James Bond, and then then I recorded with Elliot right after that yeah, well, on Halloween night. So if you hear any firecrackers. I'll that's try to why. keep the window closed, but that's why. Or if um, you're any doorbells, that's unavoidable. But yeah. I don't think we'll have Hey, much wait a minute. Them. You're in Vancouver. They out they outlawed firecrackers, right? Did it work? There's less. There's less. That's sad. Yeah. It's not like last year when there was still a ton. Mm, because damn. everyone just went all the way out, right? Because they were like, oh, yeah, because they knew. Year, yeah. Right? They should do that with everything they banned. They should announce it ahead of time. Yeah. And everybody like, was well. One last chance to do something. It must well, have been in how the... drunk everybody got the night before prohibition. I was about to say how how crazy the weekend would have been before they outlawed dr- drunk driving. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. uh, back to Dune for, for, back for to a Dune. minute because uh, I'm Dune-pilled and Elliot saw it a couple days after me. But Elliot actually has read all the books. Well, yes, I have I read anybody, all of the Frank Herbert books. All the Frank Herbert ones. Right. And so I'm 200, I'm 200 pages into the, the first one uh, and literally have to spend. Um, like I went to a bar till eight o'clock last night to read. It was that, it was that kind of weekend for me. Extremely enjoyable. I don't think I've ever read a book. At all. This is more of like an inn. It's actually, uh, I don't want to yeah. dox uh, where one of our friends lives or works. Uh, I've already <laughs> said too much there's only so many ends in victoria anyways what did you think of the movie based on being a long time dune head i loved it i think it got two things exactly right and i think those were like the two most important things which is like the scale like one of the things that comes up in the book and i think you've noticed this i mean i, I don't know if you've noticed this but you've definitely come across it in the book is oh the scale of everything that's about to happen is possibly mm-hmm. like paul is very concerned about unleashing this crusade because they studiously avoid saying the word jihad in the movie mm-hmm. in the movie um, yeah there's studiously avoiding saying that word but like oh he can fulfill his destiny but it's going to cost this insane number of lives and he compares mm-hmm. himself to Genghis Khan and Hitler and except it's like oh except it's like six trillion one of the things is that those numbers are it's really easy for those numbers to seem cartoonish but this actually yeah. sets creates a setting in which a number like you know oh well like the treaties jihad will cause six billion lives it's like yeah that is believable mm-hmm. and Villeneuve uh who uh Jackson on the car ride today pronounces uh Villanova yeah, I think was mostly a bit <laughs> He's just, I, I don't know how to explain it well, but like he's so good at presenting things that are vast. Him yep. and whatever team yep. he has, like as as stale as some of the material can be. And and I mean like raw materials of uh, that we see on screen. Like he's so good at making you feel small. Settings are huge. Like this, you see a couple of like guild highliners and they are just monstrous. And like yeah. the it, Atreides yeah. stronghold on Caladan is just massive. And Arakeen is massive. And that's really good. The other thing that I love Mm-hmm. was that they didn't shy away from like the ornithopters look both look like so they could cool. actually exist and they like so they are cool. fundamentally a ridiculous technology i understand why herbert went with it because it's supposed like everyone's knife fighting because they have shields so like it's kind of reached this weird point where they have such advanced so technology awesome. in some ways yeah. but it's also kind of screwed them over because like they can't use computers they have to use mentats which i thought mm-hmm. they did a great job of presenting i was i was um, curious about that because i was waiting to see it presented like that in the book and i Obviously wasn't like when you see Huat two fears. Uh, I'm gonna I'm butchering the names of fake people I, yeah, here. Yeah, who knows? But like the way his like eyes go into his skull and it's all white and stuff. Like that's not in the book. But like how else were you gonna present that 
exactly him closing his eyes like like, you don't have time to info yeah. dump like, hey, so we outlawed computers and we trained these people to be mm-hmm. like super brains to do this for yeah. us. And just yeah. like, no, like, we'll just do this and you can figure it out or, you know, just roll with it. Also, but the, the thoughters thoughters... are ridiculous technology, but it just sort of presented so boldly. We're, we're, by the way, we're talking about helicopter plane things that are shaped like dragonflies. And their wings. Yeah, so the word dra- ornithopter like... means like wing helicopter. Oh, okay. Because like, I was waiting for it to be explained as like an obviously insectoid vehicle in the book. Because I was like, how did you, how do you come up with that idea in the movie to like, for that's how you depict that? Like, that is so cool. That must have been in the book. And it's not. Yeah, in the book, right? it's referenced that like the thopters have like wings that beat like a bird. Oh, yeah. And I think right, every right, other right. movie presentation of them has had them have like dragonfly wings as opposed to bird wings. So I'm not totally sure. Okay. About it. <laughs> okay. I think. Uh, I think we can close off movie talk. We've we've we have done a full episode of movie talk before. It might have been a Patreon episode. I feel like we talked about like Japanese and Western movies a while back, like a couple of years ago on an episode. So we just released as an episode on itself on its own. Maybe oh maybe, maybe. But, like I've seen so few Japanese movies that I don't think this happened. Well, I just recommended a bunch of the Akira Kurosawa movies. Right. Technically, James Bond: uh, No Time to Die is a Japanese movie. It's a Japanese director. I yeah, I think like after this episode, we're gonna. I'm just gonna read the book and then keep texting Elliot questions about it. It's it's awesome. I love it. Uh, send us your dude. <laughs> so, anyways, we haven't recorded in a very long time. We we've uh, uh, elaborated on why. Uh, different Jacksons uh, just uh, going through some mental health stuff uh, that he's uh, elaborated on on Twitter uh, a little bit, and we've tried to in a in a little brief uh, official press release. But yeah, he's doing fine. Like I just watched a movie with him today. He just needs to take a break from things that would keep him just a little overly busy and the show and also even writing about hockey and things like that have uh, just got to take a backseat for now. And that's meant like Elliot and I also very busy lives, but Jackson is obviously the one who corrals us the most and, and leads yeah, the show up. he's the most off, driven so. to actually get the show out the door, which is... Yeah, look, this is a hobby for Elliot. <laughs> uh, there are no career outcomes for us. Uh, it's just detrimental to my career. We also, we, we definitely didn't want to end the show. We, we want to keep it going until, or not until, but like keep a few episodes going so that by the time Jackson feels ready to do it again, uh, which will sounds like soon but definitely want him to take his time uh there's also like not as much fun stuff in hockey obviously and we'll get to that not not referring explicitly just to the Canucks being bad but uh but we will we will get there as a trio again soon enough honestly it has been kind of nice not having to record every Sunday <laughs> like I've always had this thing when I was really into writing op-ed type stuff or like really into into wanting to get into magazine writing and things like that where people who have to write who have to produce content every week for something like it's i think it's bad for your brain to be an opinions columnist to like come up with a new nuanced opinion every week it's like no wonder everybody's mad at op-ed writers because they're forced to come up with new content every week and it yeah, doesn't just, work like, generating opinions especially if you know that you're being monetized on like generating opinions that will get people yeah. to engage with yeah the easiest way is just to get everyone mad at you yes yeah it's uh like I commend 100%. I commend them for doing that. Like it's the only it's the only path forward if you're gonna be forced to do content every week. I see the same thing when just anybody I like is forced to do content on a on such a rigid, constant, consistent timeline. Like hell, even I, I think somebody on Twitter said it once. I think it was related to the Twitch streaming stuff that we were talking about when you you were pointing out how Amaranth makes more money than Jake for Hannon out of Twitch. Was that that was it, right? Um, that was the punchline, yeah. Yeah, and people were talking about like 
like Twitch is a scam for for all these people who like they'll never get, get like actually get as much money. Okay, yeah, there is an amount that Twitch of of like work you do that you don't get compensated for that I think people should be, but also not everybody can be talking for two hours a day and be interesting every day. It's yeah. just it's impossible. And so a podcast about the Canucks from the certain angles we take it from you you've heard a sigh like 40 50 thousand times an episode when we actually do talk about the canucks like just like how much does everyone really need to listen to us try to navigate like workers produce all value but also your pay tyler myers too much <laughs> because these are contradictory thoughts yeah, 100%. I and actually, somebody. based strictly on entertainment value, Chaos Giraffe does generate a lot of entertainment. He, he does. Um, now my brain is trying to think of who is who in the Canucks. That's bad. I should not be well, I mean, Paul is Quinn. <laughs> All right. He's like, he's like our little boy, I mean, but he also does too many drugs. And, and the reasons why he looks so gloomy all the time, the reason why he has a face for Clarissa's Twitter timeline is uh, because he can see into the future. Yeah. Yeah. On the ice, he's, he sees he sees the 2-1 loss uh, score, scorecard. He, he, uh, he sees all the screenshots of him coming up. He's like, fuck it. Um, yes. Yes, I like it. Are the Abbotsford Canucks to Fremen? <laughs> we'll, we'll park that for later. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to sign some like hard codes to people, but that's fine. Uh, so I can admit to have watching some hockey games this year. Uh, my opinion is uh, send it back. Uh, it's it's not done yet. <laughs> it's bad. Uh, I don't want it right now. Um, yeah, it's still shit. It's still Michael Chipu's all the way down. Uh, I. What is there to say about this team? What is there? Yeah. So let's talk, just talk about where the team is, like in terms of cold hard facts. They are like three and six, or three five and one, as the NHL puts it. Mm-hmm. They've won two normal games. They've won one shootout or overtime. They've lost five oh, regular games and lost one game. Yeah, they are the, apparently they're the worst team in the Pacific. That might depend on games played. It might not. I mean, they're they're obviously better than the Blackhawks and Coyotes, who have not won a single game. Um, right. Which is uh, holy shit to watch. That's amazing. Um, at least we have a positive goal differential. I think. No, we don't. That's minus three. Yeah um yeah the team's bad i i don't see a way out of this like i i i do see a way out of some things like patterson uh being a little bit better like yeah like i could see patterson and hughes being a bit better i mean like not like hughes has been bad based off when i've watched him he's just like not getting like he's just not putting up points or whatever yeah um but at least i don't think... matter in a, re- in a rebuild decade because it's another <laughs> rebuild year because it's only been seven <laughs> or eight years now like seven and a half it will be eight by the end of this year and and seven and a half eight years is a very long time. Um, what did I write down here? Uh, things that, yeah, things that, top ten top ten. I, I got a few th- happened less than or they've taken less time. Than less than or as long as or happened when this all started. Uh, uh, m- things that happen in less time than Benning's tenure. Uh, most wars. Um, the Weimar Republic, uh, the Paris Commune, uh, Cody Hodson's career, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, uh, the amount of time people like Mark Bergevin, I think. Yeah, uh, that was like a solid 12 months. That was a, that was a, he had a good run. He had yeah. a good run and then just ate shit, um, in, in phenomenal fashion. Um, 
uh, at the time, Beatles recording was, career is what Jackson said. Yeah, Beatles recording career. Uh, Jackson also said it took eight years and a month to put a man on the moon. Yeah, but I point out that like at least the Apollo program had like a full pipeline of prospects. <laughs> like they had Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin. They didn't have like Nicholas Genson. <laughs> and and yeah, they and and they kept going. They had a long. They, they had a bit of a dynasty going. I mean, you know, they had the rival. Uh, who yeah, they had a rivalry, but they always first, won. But yeah, they they always won. That's, that 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 is the party line. Um, uh, even the U.S. founders, uh, like hopefully Aquilini's tap into their Jeffersonian instincts and realize that uh, even eight years is too long to be in power. Um, unless you're FDR, uh, I butchered that one. But when Benning was hired, I uh, I was still on the Liberal Party's mailing list. Um, I still <laughs> voted. Uh, Margaret Atwood wasn't an obvious transphobe to me. Uh, I still, uh, wait, when Benning was hired, I still didn't know that the Flyers logo had a big P in it. <laughs> I thought it was a puck with wings. You know? It is, but it's also... Because they fly? <laughs> That's worse than me being, like, extremely old when I realized the Wild logo was a bear. What did you think it was? I just thought it was just, like, a happy little picture of the wilderness. I was like, that's weird, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, the, the original owner of the wild was just really into landscape photography. <laughs> yeah. And wanted to devote his hockey team to his... Oh, you, God, awesome. In theory, you could do your undergrad and finish law school in the amount of time Jim Benning has been the GM of the Canucks. In theory. And I in theory. I, I realized that in practice, that's not going to happen. I already finished. Because, okay, but did you? were you an undergrad when Benning was hired? I was, but I but, yeah. I, but I also took two years off uh, yeah. to, to yeah, do uh, things. <laughs> someone you graduated with probably started undergrad after Benning was hired and finished. Yes, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. That 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 is the yeah. case. Um, I by the way, I maybe the Flyers thing. Maybe I've never just seen the Flyers logo presented to to me in a slightly diagonal. <laughs> uh, you know. Like, isn't it always slightly diagonal? No, no, no. But if I saw it at a diagonal, like at a different angle, oh, then the yeah, key yeah. would have been clear. Yeah, it's always been. Um, uh, I uh, still voted. They still called this at the sub at UBC. There were still two Starbucks across from each other at Robson and Thurlow. Like, that's how long we've been removed. Um, Gregor Robertson wasn't dating that Chinese pop star yet. It's a long time ago. Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm probably wrong. Um, well, it might have been a different. Um. <laughs> it's been a long fucking time, and he's not giving us new content to work with. He just keeps signing uh, new bad contracts. He keeps doing the drill candles tweet. He's still obsessed with getting the same players as he was back when he started. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, we're so like, we're how lucky this... are we that we got like as much as we both panned the OEL trade? How lucky are we that it wasn't the PK Subban trade? As, like as much fun as it would be to have PK, imagine giving up a first round pick for PK. Imagine, and I know that was not yeah. the entire trade. I know. Well, who was it again? Was it just like a bunch of firsts and uh... OEL Garland? No, no, no. Sorry, I mean for the, the PK trade or potential trade because it was it was talked about pretty seriously. It was the it was a first round pick. It might have been the Pedersen pick. Holy shit! Oh yeah, I could this, be wrong. Like, article from three years ago. Because it's either uh, the Pedersen pick, the Yule Levy pick. I don't think it was the best. I thought it was like maybe it was Horvat and the Besser pick. Fuck. Could you imagine we didn't like? But but the thing is, like in five years, if we were to relitigate, if we were revisit, revisit this potential trade, would we have rather had a flash in the pan for a couple of years in the mid 2010s, or wasted the careers of like four outstanding 
young hockey players. True. Yeah. The, I see although, Hor- with that. although Horvat and Besser wouldn't have been necessarily, although I think Horvat would have done well. I think he could do well anywhere. I think he's a classic type of yeah, uh, hardworking center. Um, yeah, that that would have been. I mean, I would the jersey sales alone, man. I, I would have bought so many Subban jerseys. Um, I think I I still think it's it's so sad that Jordan never got never got time. Yeah, it's also yeah. a shame that like Subban with the Sedins would have been fun. That would have been really fun. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> we're I we're to the game on Saturday. <laughs> Because it was boring. Actually, it wasn't even boring. I didn't even know what was happening. It was really boring. I, I remember, so, I think Clarissa recorded video of uh, the feed where they were saying, like, ah, when Sportsman was doing, like, the big graphic, like, the Canucks' is, uh, scoring chances throughout the game. And it was just, like, the most whiffed shot by Besser where, where it, like, went into the stands. Like, that was the scoring chance of the game. Like, I don't know where they keep scoring chances uh, stats, but having watched uh most of the games this year including the preseason games like they're uh, so few so few and far between things that actually look like they could be goals um yeah and i feel like most of the goals that have gone in have either been garbage ones or they've just been point shots point shots which are new for like five years we did not have any goals from defense so it's nice to have that uh but it's it's so boring to watch this game watch this team yeah the the i will say oh let's talk about the seattle game real quick because I sure. that was yeah. like an event for me, and I did, I couldn't articulate quite yet why. But like I went, I I was like I want to go to the bar and watch this. I want to go to a sports bar. Like I never, I like I think I've gone to a bar like three times over COVID. But like I wanted to go to a sports bar okay. and go downtown Saturday night, go watch this. And I realized why is just because I wanted to see the Canucks at least put in the energy to ruin a coming out party. Um, right. And I think I expressed this on the Rock Seaver account of like. Yeah, we're cursed, but I want to curse them. Like, I don't want them to have yes. good things. And it is very much the crab in the bucket, but the crab who's holding down the crab trying to leave the bucket, uh, they don't deserve it yet. And I think the Canucks are, uh, I don't know how many games they're going to play, but if they play eight games against the Kraken, I think the Canucks will go one in seven against the Kraken. But that one, I will never, ever forget. Uh, and I will make sure Kraken fans never forget it either. It was just sweet victory. I, I I was yelling in the bar. Uh, that's how excited I was. Uh, yeah, it made me so happy. No, I just watched it uh, at home, but it was it was the least disappointing I've been with a game. The least disappointing in like the third game of a nothing season. I think somebody had said that it was the most important game the Canucks have played since 2011, and I thought about that for like 20 minutes when I heard that. But I think it's inarguable maybe the vegas game like the playoffs against vegas but that... i would say game two against la in 2012 right right when when we were still when we when, still had when they were down to... by one yeah before we then, when they went, the game in which they went down by two it's like and then it was like oh yeah this is over yeah daniel's out etc etc yeah yeah Yana, yeah no i can see the argument top right this is the most important game since 2011 and it's like yeah that's true because you know it's the the Kraken's like most natural rival mm-hmm. and they lose their first ever home game again. Like that works. Yeah. It's to the point that I'm, I don't know if I would, it even is the hear... most likely game of the Canucks that will be talked about in 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. On a purely like occasionally record. like that random game against Gretzky where he like broke whatever scoring record is probably the only <laughs> game from the 80, whatever season that was. Yeah, man, we should get a list going of like all the massively important or like for the record books games. 
that happened, and it happened to be the Canucks who were on the losing end of that game. Um, That's true. That would be I a good think, thing to get. Like, yeah, like well, when really well, uh, was it Yerky or somebody else who compiled that list of like reasons? That's exactly who I was thinking of. <laughs> this is a thing we should ask Yerky about. <laughs> we're like, yeah, I got a spreadsheet in my back pocket. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. I know all the times we've been embarrassed horrifically. <laughs> And all all this at the same time that like my buddy Dustin, Dustin, who obviously I I interviewed through a couple episodes talking about playing hockey in the res. We we've just been chatting a lot, and uh, he sends me so many just drunk texts about Jacob Markstrom. Like he's so fucking happy as a Flames fan, and he went to the game oh, the yeah. other day and just kept sending me like no context, just kept sending me photos he has of Jacob Markstrom. He took of Jacob Markstrom. <laughs> Did you see that he has three shutouts in six games? Yeah, I just saw that. I saw oh, Vanessa tweet that, and then everyone yell at her for it. Uh, it and it's like, like, yes, it is true that Canucks should not have resigned him. That is not what she was saying. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, like I, I quickly, I quickly make sure I don't like fall into that hole of thinking that like we made a mistake because we didn't. We made yeah. a mistake maybe with Tanev, but uh, I, I also just think that what was demonstrated in like the Troy Stetcher stuff about how they, they couldn't, like, come to a deal with a kid who's a hometown favorite and whose father died, like, just before the playoffs, before he his contract was up. Like, they couldn't get him signed. Like, it is probably a negotiating problem they have or, like, they don't know how to take care of their players. I feel like they probably could have signed Tanev for the money that he deserved and that would have been smart for the Canucks, but they probably just, like, yeah, like, it's a Foley, who's the other obvious there. Probably just got lazy. Or just didn't negotiate properly. Is yeah. My, yeah. I'm like returning. I'm slowly returning to the period of my life where I don't know if I'll watch the games. It, I'll just maybe read the athletics. It's 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 so annoying because I have nothing else to do. Where, like if I miss, I'm not going to try and make any effort. If it's like, ooh, it is game time, and I am sitting down to watch something on TV, I'm going to watch. But like, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, I'll, I'm not going to pretend it's important to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be watching because I. I'm probably still working at night and just want something in the background to 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 make noise so I don't have to think and that that's all it'll be it'll just be white noise the connection oh see I'm gonna do the opposite I am going to uh have the game on on mute while I don't watch it or no while I do watch it but while I'm also like multitasking I don't know reading wheel of time the next thing that I'm gonna get everyone pilled on <laughs> that one that one is just too daunting for me that's like yeah but there's a, there's it's coming out on miniseries so uh oh Oh fuck! Yeah, fuck. What's oh, the yeah. pitch there? Can Can you give me twenty seconds on why I should read that? Uh, why you should read it? It's a story about how dudes rock and uh... how one dude is prophesized to rock so hard that he saves the world. <laughs> but 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 he's afraid that of how much he's gonna rock. Oh, and you know I should use this time to uh... like unironically, you could probably synopsize this whole the whole thing as like because like gender themes are actually a pretty big issue in it, and so okay. part of it is like dudes rock. There's a whole society devoted to dudes rocking, and a whole society <laughs> devoted to preventing dudes from rocking. Much like today, um, my friend Cam, who I watched Dune with, uh, Cam underscore Oflage. Or oh yeah, Oflage. we were talking about real time because there's also yeah. some great, a lot of stuff we love. But... Yeah, but but like in the same way that Elliot just gave a pitch for for why I should watch that. My pitch is just reading out Cam's tweet for why to watch Dune and read Dune. Is Dune is about some witches doing a thousand years of race science and inbreeding to try to create the craziest white boy ever. Awesome. That's <laughs> so good. So good. It's it's amazing. My favorite to hang Dune out with tweet Cam. though was um, Dune is a movie about doing drugs in a tent with your. I saw I saw that one before I watched the movie, and wow, yeah, that hits. That's so good. 
What else? Also, what else? I might have missed it. Did they explain why they were like? I I know why they were in the tent because I read the book. But like, did they actually explain what happened? I just assumed it was too hot. Okay, to chill out a little. Bit. Okay, that was just my assumption that it's like it's too it's dangerous. It's too dangerous. Yeah, I think like, it was like need, shelter. shelter. And, like... Yeah. So I don't. Uh, does weird sexual stuff happen in this book or the series? Like, am I going to be disturbed at any point? There's no like maybe. <laughs> okay. All right. There's way more uh, weird sex stuff, weird sex stuff in the sequels. Okay. Okay. Good to know. But most of it involves. Oh, actually, I can't even say what it involves because that's a spoiler. Okay. All right. Uh, I was trying to say a couple times where the reason why we were just harping on this being such a long tenure for Benning is that it seems like fans, or maybe this is just the, a cycle of fans complaining about other fans, that people are blaming Travis Green for how bad the Canucks are. And I don't know anybody who seriously has evidence behind that or like a serious argument behind that. Like, I mean, he could be, he could be one of the reasons why they're not doing well, but nobody else is going to step in and do better than him with what, with what we have. Or if, if at all, it's going to be so marginal. Hacklings are also not going to pay for another coach's contract. Yeah. There's that. I, I don't know what, what other, I, I kept thinking about this and not rem- trying to figure out if he tweeted this at all, but like Harmon, I feel like last year, either he tweeted or somebody who was sitting next to him tweeted about Harmon saying this after just one of these like dreadful, boring games where nothing happened. The fans are simply just too beaten down to you at the Canucks. Harmon basically, somebody described Harmon just like looking looking down and like not having taken notes for a while and him just like turning over probably Durant or something and shaking his head and be, with a smile on his face being like, this team is ass. Like, I just want to bring that up, find that again, because I want him to say it again. I want them all to say it again. I really just want the journalists to to finally once again have that permission that they have once in a while when like the three body problem is solved of where they're where they're all like, oh, actually management is bad. And we're all gonna write articles about why management is bad. And and yeah, and that's and that's how you end up having these like weeks that happened where people are like, oh, they might actually fire Benning today. And it's only because these journalists like had the courage to talk about it or or had a story to write about it. Because yeah. I guess like the journalists and like us, like what is there to fucking say? Like this team is just built the way it's built now. Yeah. It's right. baked in. Yeah. What can you do? You have your defensive core is so big and so expensive and so bad that you're stuck. Mm-hmm. Your star players that, I mean, no matter who your GM is, you're hitched to. Mm-hmm. Like Pedersen, Besser, and Hughes are not doing the things you need them to be doing to win games. Mm-hmm. And then you also have so much money tied up in your extremely questionable defense that you don't have depth that can actually win games for. You. Yeah, and the pipeline. Like, that's one of the things about depth is like the goal is to have them be able to win games and your stars are off. Yeah, but you can't right. trust Matthew yeah. Highmore to play McDavid seven more yeah. times. And on top of that, like happens. yeah, our prospect pipeline, which I mean, to be fair. The picks that we have made in the last five years are better than any other five-year stretch we've ever had. Um, sure. Even even in the years that, like the one year that we had a reasonably like <clears throat> lower pick. Well, depends on how you look, but like when the playoff yeah. year. But we just don't have enough of them compared to even before. After Pickles and I can't really name anybody after Klimovich. Yeah, like who are we waiting to break in? Like yeah, Klimovich, and that's about it. Who seems <clears throat> who seems good? I mean, I read. I yeah, read that but like even Paul Colson is but... not even like Paul Colson is not even Hoaglander, and Hoaglander's mm-hmm. not one of the big three. 
Yeah, and I'm I'm a little worried Hoaglander is not going to be that much better than he already is. And what he already is is amazing. I think he's the kind of like third line player you hear about on a Stanley Cup finals team that like gets paid buckets the year after because of just being shown on national television for like five weeks straight. I like don't think he's going to turn into a star, but I also don't think he's in the environment for star. And we don't have... I mean, I could see Hoaglander, you know, in the Quebec expansion draft. <laughs> becoming a first line player but i was trying to come up with like the obvious uh the obvious thing is to say it's like the quebec city's team but like i was trying to come up with like a smaller quebec, <laughs> quebec town yeah the, the, team sherbrooke, uh, the sherbrooke the sherbrooke laval uh the patrick raw ramparts I, th- I think Halifax should. I think every province should get one to stay equalization, in the but for NHL teams. So we have to yeah. take away the Oilers and give them to Quebec City. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't have one, you have to merge with another province. Like you get you. Uh, okay, so we give sorry, we give the Oilers to Halifax, then we merge PEI New Brunswick with Nova Scotia, which frankly makes sense. That's a good one. I like that one. And I mean, Edmonton almost got sold like. 30 years ago to Toronto anyways, so. And everyone who lives in uh, North Alberta is from the Maritimes anyways. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So uh... <laughs> we're going to relocate the Oilers to Halifax and they will be the Halifax, I don't know, whatever. Or, or the Oilers could go to, could could just be like relocated to, to, to Whitehorse or something like that, or Yellowknife. Uh, the territory should get one. Yeah. At least the three of them together should get one. And oil, Edmonton's really far north. Uh, I don't know what else to bring up uh, happening to the Canucks. Um, <clears throat> anything happening to former Canucks. So <clears throat> I'm, I'm not clearing my throat because the next topic is tough. But literally because I've been eating nothing but popcorn for the last five hours. Uh, and also I, this whole week. I'm not sure how much candy I'm going to have to have tomorrow. Oh, wait, which kind of... Uh, hey, are people coming to your house right now? Is Caitlin taking care of trick-or-treating? Yeah, she's taking care of that while she meal preps and I record. (laughs) Um, You found a good... God damn it. You found a good box of chocolates. Was that you in the chat who had, like, the magic? Yeah, that was... Well, Caitlin found that, but yeah, that was me with... uh... Tell tell the listeners what you found in there. Yeah, so it was this box of chocolate that was Hershey... No. Yeah, like, it's from Hershey, but it's, like, Jolly Ranchers, Jolly Ranchers Sour, which... They're all right. They're not sour enough. They're not as good as the Maynard's ones, like uh, like Sour Patch Kids, etc. But no, I don't. They do the trick. Well, maybe I'd have to have a Sour Patch Kid. Oh, you? I I used. I've to not have, had one in a long time. I used to have them like like they were next to milk on the grocery. Uh, right. Okay. There's always there's always, a few of these episodes. Yeah. So it's, it's the two of the the two Jolly Ranchers Reese's Pieces Reese's Cups maybe and O Henry something like, like that's, that. That's wild. That is an incredible combination. You usually only get like one or two good milk chocolate uh, products in any of these things. Um, but to both get this combination of like the sour stuff from Jolly Rancher, and then it's just I, just, I, I was just shocked. I've never seen. I didn't sorry, know it's Jolly Ranchers sours and the Jolly Ranchers like lollipops. Uh, oh hey, we got we got listener calls. Uh, yeah, ready to go. Countdown. Three, two, one, press. Hey, nine one one. Four Persian dudes are attacking my brother. I guess we didn't talk about that. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'm lost. What happened here? Uh, Jim Benning's son. Holy shit! 
got attacked by four Persian dudes. Oh my god, right. Oh. And then everyone was like, how did you know they were Persian? And I was like, well, that's, I mean, that's a good question. I, uh, yeah, let's, I'm not going to comment <laughs> on, on, on whether they're Persian or not. I, I have no idea. Um, yeah, I mean, the phrenology. The way people, the... Look, I, like, nobody, nobody's allowed to laugh at this, except that, uh, I mean, the white BMW thing is true. So if they were coming out of a white BMW, if, if I was running the article, it would be yeah, so might be... if that was actually the story, like no, it's no, there's there, there can't be like that. That can I also don't want to like that. It's really that's it sucks. Like I no, you know, we we've it... said it a million times in the show where like betting is a seems like a nice dude, like opens the door for kind of thing, like, probably very chill. Yeah. And any time anybody meets him, like they. They really like his presence. Seems like a really nice guy. We just don't want him in the job he's yeah. in, based off the evidence. Uh, but that fucking sucks about his kid. Like that, uh, that would have rattled me. Hear that? Um, um, I've never. We've the whole thing about journalists coming out and saying like, uh, you shouldn't criticize Jim Benning because he has a family. Still fucking ridiculous, and that's just journalists talking. Um, For sure. But, but but yeah, this is just one of those things. Like, oh, we have one more. I forgot. Oh. Okay, great. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that. I hope I hope the kids doing better. But that's I don't know. Yeah, no, I don't think same. there's anything more anybody needs to say about that. Like, yeah, hope, hope he's doing better. Yeah. All right. All right. Three, two, one. Two, one. Uh, I think I was talking about how Marshan scored, and pretty sure it was in the first period, and you know, it was at that point that kind of like a shockwave through the crowd. It just you could feel this energy and what was a good time quickly started to feel like something was about to happen. And it was kind of at this time I noticed, you know, like looked around and there was, like I said, people shoulder to shoulder and you realize that everyone around you is drinking pretty heavily, quite a lot of marijuana smoking in the, uh, in the air. And, and, you know, I looked around and I realized that this was going to be, I don't know, tough to move anywhere. And, you know, time goes on. I think Boston scores a couple more goals, maybe halfway through the second period. And at this point, the the, the energy after the second goal, you could pretty much tell that where this was going. And, you know, if the Canucks had scored, who knows how that would have gone. Lots of people are pretty convinced that... People were going to riot that day regardless. It certainly seems in retrospect, the evidence does seem to suggest that that's a very highly outcome. Um, but anyways, you know, at this point, the energy's starting to get bad. The crowd's getting restless. And I turn to my dad and, you know, I tell him, I think we should get out of here. And it's at that point that there's some people trying to move through the crowd, agitated. And some guy out of the crowd bumps into my dad, turns around, goes to take a swing at him. And, uh, you know, I, I, I grabbed my dad back and I got in this guy's face and, um, you know, fists are flying now and shit's starting to go sideways. And, uh, real quick, I, after all of that, I, you know, I, I, I just turned to my dad and said, we got to go. And then we just started pushing and walking up Georgia street, just, you know, uh, we were heading back to 1500 West Georgia, which is a, decent walk but you know you can do it pretty quick um you know in the best of times in normal circumstances but i don't know how long it took it must have taken us 
Well, at least until until the end of the third period, because by the time we'd gotten back into the to my dad's office and we got in his car and we were driving, we got pretty much to the bridges out of downtown, like the Broad Street Bridge. And, uh, you know, it was that time all the cops were coming the other way, heading into downtown. And by the time when we got home and turned on the news, uh, they had shut the bridges down and were like not allowing traffic into downtown. And at that time, you know, you turn on the news and there's cops pointing guns at people, things are on fire, like just all hell is broken loose. And we ended up watching that, uh, you know, on the news for the rest of the night. And, and probably, you know, uh, the thing that hurts the most outside of the Canucks losing the Stanley Cup, because at that point, I wasn't even upset about that anymore. I was just so glad that my dad and I had gotten out of downtown. Neither of us had gotten hurt. And, uh, you know, just watching your city burn on on live television was just a surreal experience. And, uh, you know, what was an amazing couple months uh, of fun for the city, for my family, for me and my dad, me and my girlfriend – me and all my friends at work, like, you know, uh, everyone got to come together and, and ride this roller coaster and the ups and downs. And, uh, you know, what, what came out of it, you know, was Vancouver goes right back to being a no fun city. My dad tells me, you know, he'd never do, he'd never be in a crowd that big again, never go to something like that again, you know, in Vancouver, just not worth the risk. And, you know, who knows if we ever get on another cup run and we end up, end up again, you know, I'll definitely try to take them. But, maybe not right down into the into the heart of it, you know, in the first ten rows before before the T V screen. But yeah. Uh what else can you say? Uh months of fun bringing the city together right after the Olympics and you know. That was that was a great call. Uh yeah. do you know who that was from by the way? Um uh, no I don't. Right, because unless it's on the it's call. It's just their phone number and I yeah, and it good. doesn't and it didn't happen to connect with um like caller ID. Right. All good. All good. Let alone caller ID that I could call call it their Twitter handle because I'm not gonna say someone's name. I'm gonna say some Twitter handle. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. That was a that was a really nice call to get. Um that that really brings like the mood back to actually what it felt like. I was surprised to hear the part about violence happening in the stadium. I kind of never considered yeah. that. I thought that all the people I have heard the game very, just, very little about that too. Like I just, yeah, I have this assumption about like who gets to go to Game Seven. Of it's people with too much money to fight at a hockey game. I guess there's a lot of different people who have too much money. Um, sorry, not not everybody who went had too much. Some people are just for a long time and are able to go, but like the people who would be kind of buying amusing, tickets on the secondary market. Yeah, secondary market people, and then also people just kind of the opportunity they get to like watch an amazing game like that. But yeah, I never considered that like people would want to get out of the arena because something. if anything, I mean, like if I, I would probably just stay in the arena <laughs> until. Yeah, the from everything I could hear, the arena itself. Was- yeah, I would but- want to get out because I didn't want to have to like hate myself. Yeah, you're after- committed because you're I'm committed for a while. I wouldn't want to see a team parade the cop in front of me. Uh, that wasn't yeah. my team, but yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was raw. And I, I appreciate that call a lot. Yeah. Thank you very so much. much. Yeah. Thank you very much. That obviously came from when we were asking for callers, I had stories from the cup run. We had some really funny ones, like, uh, like my buddies, uh, 
going to see the Terrence Malick retrospective. Um, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, but uh, but this this one is probably a lot more accurate to people who actually got caught up in it, not on purpose. Um, so thanks for that. If we don't have any other calls, uh, then I think I would like to give the floor to Elliot. Take it away. So Lazarus is very much a uh, like unexpected Harry Potter name, you know? <laughs> it's definitely a name where it's like, oh, I didn't realize people actually had this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To the point people Very, are just like, uh, Lazarus. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, shut up. <laughs> Not that I know, but. I do realize that we didn't have to use an article from The Athletic. It's just where I tend to look for things first. Um, I think, too, is normally when we read things on the show, we're reading to make or to like pick them apart, not make fun of them necessarily, because oftentimes we're picking them apart for reasons that aren't fun to make fun of. But we're not doing this to pick apart. We're just doing this because I want something to have reference to and something yeah. to give us structure to what we're talking about. Um, so this article is called uh, Kyle Beach's Courage and Humanity is in Sharp Contrast to the Craven Men Who Failed Him, which I think is very fair. And uh, something we need to do uh, full content warning. No, I'm going to be jumping around, I think. I think folks, like we're, we're now going to talk about Calvin, so... Yes. Uh, everybody's familiar about this. Everybody knows what content warning. Yes. Thank you, Vyas, for having the presence of mind to say that. The moment when the indefinable mix of heartbreak and anger you're feeling becomes something more, something different, something almost animalistic is when Kyle Beach, John Doe, squeezes his eyes shut, drops his head, and breaks down and says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Beach, the then 20-year-old Blackhawks Black Ace, who said video coach Brad Altridge, um, sexually assaulted him during the 2010 Stanley Cup playoffs, only to watch helplessly as the men who ran the Blackhawks decided to sit on it for three weeks in the name of team chemistry and a shot at the hollowest of championships felt he hadn't done enough. Felt that Aldrich's 2013 abuse of a 16-year-old in Houghton, Michigan was somehow his fault. Personally, I kind of feel like we could just end the show there because, that's, I mean, what else is there to say at that point? Um, the management of Chicago, who had this story reported to them and did nothing about it, shipped this guy off, gave him a letter of recommendation, and then kept him in a coaching job, gave him a letter of recommendation for a coaching job, led to another victim happening. Um, I'm not going to say anything about anything that I know about in any other circumstance, but one thing that is a recurring pattern here is that the people that will abuse power generally will do it every chance they get and will do it repeatedly. This is something that we saw with, say, um, there was another story The Athletic published about this kind of stuff with NCAA women's soccer. There was mm -hmm. obviously all the Kara McCormack stuff with the Vancouver Whitecaps. You know, the people who do, the, do this kind of abuse, they have a pattern and they continually do it. And the problem is that if you just think we're going to shuttle him off, we're going to get rid of this problem for us. The problem is that this problem is going to be mm. on someone else very quickly. Um, like you're, knowing, you're knowingly passing this off to him. Exactly. Shipping them off it, and looking at I mean, way. if you're writing a letter of recommendation like the Blackhawks did, you're kind of yeah. enabling, I mean, you're enabling them, right? Yeah. And that's why, you know, the Blackhawks management failed and they, you know, they need to wear this. And that's the reason why, you know, Quenville and Shovel Day Off and Bowman and all those guys need to be pretty much need to be done in any sort of position where they are overseeing people who are in a position of power over other people. Um, yeah. I mean, the, doing one thing at the beginning differently uh who knows who knows what all the other beasts aldrich has done he, yeah like what are the odds that like he ever he ever first what are the odds right? that he ever works in a capacity where he has power over young people like you could you could have just ended that team we have 10 years 11 years uh and probably yeah. more than that um of uh of just untold story because elliot's saying that people do this repeatedly um you have to expect he's been doing that and well doing that so he did get a 
so he did get arrested for that right, 2013 right, right. incident, I believe. But I know he's been arrested and in jail, and I believe that was the end of his career. Right in 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 hockey, and but he wasn't wasn't yes. it Rick Westhead found that he's like he's employing college injury right now. Oh, I missed that part. Oh yeah, so this this uh, Rick Westhead like the the reporter who is fucking phenomenal. I cannot. Yes, he is I, one of the like <laughs> few actual journalists involved in this. It's it's world every world. time that I that I see something else Rick Westhead does or says, even before uh, this issue hit its nadir in the last week or two. Um, I always assume that he can't be working for Bell. He can't be working for Rogers. Why would an organization like Bell or Rogers employ him? He's too good at his job. Like he he would he would too easily uh, expose other people who his bosses wouldn't want to be exposed. I just assumed that he was like just a guy doing it on his own, but that I didn't expect that. But anyways, he he had somebody brought it to his attention recently that he uh, Aldrich owns some sort of business right now where a lot of the employees are college interns, just young people in general that are working under him. The interns come from like a specific college that he has a relationship with. And uh, that was a surprise to Westhead uh, a couple of days ago. Like he just found that out. Uh, there were so many, so many things any few people could have done. And I think Tortorella put it well when he was saying that like, how could, how could one person not have just done something about this? Just a note on like the part that you write out about that athletic article about him apologizing that really hit me because so i watched it probably an hour after it came out or half an hour after it came out and i couldn't watch it straight i had to do it in in snippets i was crying while watching it too and seeing him respond to this and be so apologetic it just reminds me of what abuse can do the brain um yeah and like seeing it in real time on his face was like I, i don't i don't know what descriptor to even use watching him it kind of leaked from his words that he he isn't even totally sure of his own reality. Uh, he still has guilt about being the victim and seeing the trembling in his voice, seeing seeing the way that the points at which he was crying and, and just the words he was using that it really reminded me a lot of like, yeah, what abuse to the body and myself and just people I know that it was just hard to watch. And I'm sure some people know how to, but like watched that. It, people who maybe didn't believe him before, I don't know how you watch that and not lose your mind thinking about this whole story. And I feel bad for him that the lawyers botched it and pretty much doxing him. I don't know if there was a way you could have done it differently and not mention his weight and like how tall he was, what you could have exactly just read acted. I think That's, you could from have. My, I, I, from my yeah. understanding, it like actually listed his age, height, and weight. Yep. Yep. Which, and it also I mean, mentioned that where he had played in Europe also. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, if you just mentioned, like, you could have redacted that way better. Because, like, I saw yeah. some clips that, like, people, if I remember if they were being shared in, like, a, you guys need to do a better job of redacting this, but then also you guys are posting this, so it's only became visible to me because you guys were complaining about the redaction, which, you know, strikes out effect. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know I mean, what else you could have yeah. yeah. I can't but, expect random Twitter people to do an amazing job of, like, protecting yeah. Yeah. anonymity when, like, the people who are being paid to do it are screwing up this bad. Yeah. I mean, there was a surprise, like, I I never saw the name until the name was revealed. Um, and I, like, scrolled through all the comments because I think I did have something deep inside where I was, like, as much as I don't want to know who it is, like, there is a part of me that was curious. Um, and uh, there was a surprisingly tiny amount of people who would just, like, who would just be assholes and just say it. Or yeah. either in bad faith or just because they're careless or didn't realize the the impact of that um uh yeah there 
because I, I think um, one of Georgia Mallory or Samantha Chang said it on the broadcast uh, about this. They suggested that he didn't look prepared in doing it. Not that he was sloppy or anything, but it just didn't strike them as something that he that was part of the plan of him doing that interview. Right. I kind of sense that too, but I mean, it's it's I'm I'm glad he he felt whatever he felt in the decision, but that is just something I I hope it doesn't happen again like that. Because I think I think even on the broadcast they mentioned that Kyle said it because his name was already just getting out there anyway, and that at that point, yeah, like, you're better off owning it. Or yeah, you're better off. It's understandable where you come to that decision that you think is better. Yeah, yeah, or that it's better for you to own it. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah. Should we go back to the article for a second? Sure. All right. Stan Bowman never said he's sorry. In one of the worst prepared statements in public relations history, the former Blackhawks GM said that he regrets assuming that John McDonough would report Beach's allegations to the proper channels. McDonough never said he's sorry. The man who ruled the Blackhawks with an iron fist hasn't spoken publicly since he was fired a year and a half ago. Al McIsaac never said he's sorry. He disappeared from the organization as quietly as if he ruled it. As quietly as he ruled it for nearly two decades, not even mentioned by name, and Danny works house cleaning on Tuesday. Kevin Shoveldayoff hasn't said he's sorry. He's still running the Jets, claiming ignorance. Joel Quenville hasn't said he's sorry. He was inexplicably behind the bench for the Panthers on Wednesday night, a day before he was scheduled to fly to New York to meet with Commissioner Gary Bettman, a mustachioed symbol of how little the NHL truly has learned, how little the NHL truly has progressed. None of Kyle Beach's prominent 2010 teammates have said they're sorry. Memories and timelines suddenly hazy and disturbing allegations of homophobic bullying on the ice and in the locking room hand-waved away as never having happened. I, I don't really know if you have... speaks for itself. Yeah, it, it definitely does. I go ahead. Everyone above him decided that being quiet and winning was better than anything else, mm-hmm. and was more important than the actual health and safety of their people. There are so many things I think we all want to say about this, but we don't know how to prioritize and like rank them in the order of what's the most important thing to say. But even one thing is like apparently this all happened in the first round in 2010. Like, right? This yeah. isn't like. And I'm not, oh, fuck, it's so weird because I'm not saying that like there are degrees of, or there are different situations. If it happened right. during the finals and they sat on it for a week, that would be a horrible and evil thing to yes. do. Yeah. But you could see why it gets done. You could see, yeah, you could see why these particular types of people would yes. throw it under It's the not a decision that you or I or anyone that we would want listening to our show would make, but it's like, I can see mm-hmm. where you are morally bankrupt enough that you buy yourself time yeah and so i think all i'm saying is like you're even more morally bankrupt that you did this in like the first week of the playoffs like because yeah, you don't even know that this is for a cup you just are doing this because it'd be hard to do it would be bad yeah you're, you're just doing this because this is the whole thing you're fighting for and you're very far from it but this is what you'd still do or this is you're still what your you for a one sixteenth chance yeah yeah which i think just helps paint the picture of how stunted uh yeah hockey culture uh is and and what it what it does to everybody um a weird part of this that's just like especially as canucks fans it's a weird thing to hold in your brain that this team that in the context of you being a fan of your hockey team chicago blackhawks were before any of this news reached me before i was aware of anything about what happened we're already an evil organization but in a different sense and now they, they do one of the most heinous things that I think we've ever heard of in hot in uh, the NHL. It, it's just a weird thing to hold in your brain. I, I think is all I know how to say about that. Where like these yeah. people who I already disliked also turn out to to be absolutely like horrible humans, not just rivals. Like the, these yeah. are actually horrible humans. 
I so many thoughts just running through my head. Even even when we see like Jonathan Taves uh, get get the very very deserved criticism for for thinking Stan Bowman is the person uh, and in need of defense. Any of those guys, like, I I see so many people say the right thing in criticizing him, but then I think about all the people who aren't talking who are who don't know how to respond to this because they don't believe Beach or they don't believe what's been happening. I I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah. Um, it, it kind of reminds me of how, like, if people, basically, this is in response to people saying, look at all these hockey fans who, like, get it now, who, like, see that it's bad for Taves to do what he did, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I don't think it's the people who usually had bad opinions coming to this realization. Those people just aren't saying, they're just not the ones who are willing to go to the mic uh, because there's nothing they know how to say yet. I, I, I just still don't trust the sport at all. I don't no. trust the culture anymore after them's video. I think a lot of people will say like, oh, I hope maybe people seeing what happened to him will do a different. It's like, no, they won't. They'll see it as somebody, something somebody else did. And then just like the conversations with Jared Gary Bettman that are the thing that is supposed to be the gatekeeper, these same guys coming back to, what the fuck's the conversation with the representative? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just yeah. I'm a shopping list of thoughts. There's actually... And then there's also like the thing that Bettman said about Quenville after he was fired or asked to resign. Where like there's a big statement where it was like, and no one could agree on what it meant because <laughs> like people weren't sure whether it was like the weakestly worded thing ever or if it was like that meant actually banning a coach from the NHL. Yeah, and I mean the completely blackpilled interpretation is that it's Batman banning Q from the league until this will like until it blows over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like not like it would you know they might decide that it has. Yeah, and it's just it's uh it's just not a good system for that to be the accountability. I'm just sending in the chat. There's there's this really good, funny enough, from like the Steve Angle podcast. Like a 30 second clip of Rick Westhead. He breaks down that you just should not trust the league on any of this or any yeah. uh, milestone any for a player or a member of a player who's died. The NHL family would like to honor this person or that person. Just call it what it is. It's a business. NHL dot you know limited or corporation or whatever. It's a for profit business, and that's fine. Right. I work for Bell. Bell's not family. It's a business. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, one of the I don't know if I'm getting off on a tangent here. Sorry, but Go for one it. of the issues, I, one of the issues I think that people maybe might want to think about a little bit more is the language that the league uses to sell itself to the public. And whether its actions are backed up by that language. It's so like this guy rocks. Like I, I love seeing him come on and say this. And he is also just like, and I also work for Bell. Bell's also a business, it's not a family. And and just him, like he is such a good journalist. Like, I hope a movie gets made about him. Um, like I hope he's celebrated and I hope people keep shitting on everybody who kept um just forever. Like when I was hearing, I think on the broadcast again, um, because I listened to talking about Elliot Friedman and Merrick and everybody else, your LeBron, like apologizing at the very least i want these guys to like list out what they did and why they did it like yeah by the date I, like i want an itemized list of like i knew this at this time i wish i said something it was wrong that i didn't i just these I, these guys all don't think they're part of the problem yeah and the only other last thought is or i've already said it but like it's gonna happen again and i just think it's constantly happening at every level um not just more than that if i feel sad thinking about all the people who it's happened to who still think they have something to lose and mm -hmm. will stay silent or like are, are forced because of what trauma does to you to stay silent and keep yeah. going through it. 
not related to hockey, but related to this, um, someone in Kanukaya Canada has created this, or not like Kanukaya Canada, the like formal organization, but like someone in paddling in Canada created a basically like an anonymous thing, like an anonymous posting account for this kind of stuff, like uh, mm. like similar to like the Survivors Story group that um, mm, right. the uh, Britannia stuff originally came out of. Yeah, and like it is just absolutely heartbreaking reading all of these stories of like people who've been so completely failed by so many people who should be protecting mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. seeing it like rob them of stuff that they love and rob them of their bodily autonomy which is obviously much more important and mm -hmm. you know causing this trauma and like no it's it's heartbreaking it's vile that people will sit on the sidelines and allow this to happen even when i think about when like say brent sopel's words and other people's words will come out uh i just hell this thought even came out when i was thinking about the Sedin's article that Tyler Shipley wrote about how like, oh, and like, there are still like these two good examples of like people in hockey could both be masculine and also like not, not be horrible people. And like, actually, uh, that I, I also think of like every player's complicity in this and all the other yeah. stories of how Dan Carcillo playing on the Flyers in 2010 knew that this was happening on the Blackhawks. Yes. Says a billion things about how many people knew. Well, he's also not in the league anymore, and anyone who's not in the league knew about it, and anyone who's still in the league. Yeah, or, I didn't think I about that. I might have screwed up saying that, but everybody knows what no, I No, I got, I got the point of there. Um, that's very true. That's And I, I don't yet have a better answer, or I, I don't know of a good outcome on the horizon as long as this is all just business. I, I mean, like, something that sticks in, sticks in my head a lot is growing up and seeing on CNN that there would be congressional hearings on doping in baseball and being like, why are they doing that in Congress? Like, I thought this was just like a sport that has its own internal, you know, accountability thing. But like, <sighs> but then also now I think like, why well, it would be the only responsible thing for the government to prosecute this kind of stuff itself um, for everything. Um, and honestly, like if parliament did like a parliamentary commission or whatever it's called yeah. into like, abuse of power and like in hockey would probably actually make more sense for a country to do mm -hmm. than america whining that people were getting too many dinner <laughs> yeah that's like, absolutely one of these things 100 like there's like a labor reason why you shouldn't allow peds but it's not that important compared, compared to, to like, everything else that is important compared to everything else that is important like, and also like the pill like not, not even just peds but the pill stuff right like yeah that is well, another... like that's that's like even more of a problem than yeah that's because, even more I mean, problem than PDs. That yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and it's it's in the same way that what we're talking about with with uh, with the Blackhawks, it's uh, also just like a societal problem um, that sure. we don't have enough levers to with how many people die of uh, because of the things that pills will end up doing. Um, yeah. And what kind of life? It, um, yeah. It, it it makes no sense to me and why that was every every other thing. I still, I still like will be like I will one day finally look up why it was in Congress. Like it's probably for some. Oh, what could it be? I wonder. If, I wonder if it was just like one senator who cared and and just like had enough capital to be like I'm gonna make this my thing for like the, I'm gonna bring this uh, into this. I don't know. No, you're right. That is a really weird thing that like it's been like I have never really thought about about how weird it is. But um, it's also a good distraction. So we don't have to talk about this anymore. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, this article is actually quite long, and I don't know how much more we want to talk about this because I think. I mean, you can you can scroll through and holy sh oh, with these. Yeah, it's um, the comments that make the sidebar impossible. I'm gonna read this one paragraph from Beach, and then I think I'll read. Um, Go for it. Just because I want to hand it over to some words. 
I'm sorry, Beach said when West had asked what he would say to the victim, or I have no idea what that town's called. I'm sorry I didn't do more when I could to make sure that it didn't happen to him to protect him. But I also want to say thank you to him. When I decided after a teammate asked me about it when I was playing overseas and I decided to Google Brad Aldrich's name, that's when I found out about the Michigan individual, the Michigan team. And because of what happened to him, it gave me the power and this urgency to take action to make sure it wouldn't happen to anybody else. So I'm sorry and I thank you. I know, but sometime down the road, if he's open to it, I would love to meet him because unfortunately we share something in common that's going to be part of us for the rest of our lives. The interview is as important to watch as it is difficult to watch. Beach's courage and humanity shine through, sharply contrasting with the lack of both. The charge for shepherding his career and protecting him showed 11. This article is quite well written from Lazarus. Good job, um, Mark Lazarus. 11 and a half years ago, Beach's future, there's a few more things in here too about Beach questioning uh, Gary Bettman and how serious his bat, uh, how serious the dismissal of Joel Quenville really is. Mm-hmm. Um, and people should just read the article if they have access to the athletic. If they don't, I have guest passes. Um, <laughs> 11 and a half years ago, yeah, the conclusion of this article is 11 and a half years ago, Beach's future was wide open. He had the pedigree, the talent, the determination to become what he always dreamed of, an NHL star. Life, a vile predator, and feckless men in power got in the way. Beach's name is now known throughout the hockey world and beyond. The righteous anger and devastation his words elicit his words elicit in so many of us should echo throughout the sports world for years to come and hopefully make that world a better, safer, more place. Professional sports have shown us time and time again that winning is all that matters, that ruthlessness and callousness are assets to be coveted. Beach has shown us another way, a better way, that humanity and courage win. I don't get I have much to add to that. Sure. I think I'll I'll just take it and say like again from what I said earlier. When you watch that interview and you you see you see what this has done to Kyle, um, and you see where even after outpouring support, seeing so many people with their outrage at the Blackhawks and Aldrich, like I I think I just stuff in my life came back to me when I was watching that, thinking about what truth means to somebody when when abuse happens and. Even if it's like a small amount of it, you don't believe yourself after a while. You're apologetic to other people because you think you're the one who caused the problem because like it brings up in the report or um, or just other news that Rick West had his reporter about about uh, about the situation that like Kyle was told by doctors, doctors who like the NHLPA execs like relied on, referred to, who blamed Kyle for it happening. There was even that one executive that said, how could this happen? How could somebody bigger than... Uh, somebody get abused, etc. The things that this does to the mind was just on full display, like in a way I've never seen before in a sport or in sports period that we all yeah. saw and should see. Like I don't know, it just it just made me think about abuse more and how it happens to to anybody who's been abused that they think they're they're guilty. They think that um, this might not be for everybody, but like yeah, they think they're guilty. They they don't believe in their own reality and. It just it just added another layer of like me feeling so sad about it. Just thinking about the thing about culture we have around the leading people and knowing that he's from North Vancouver. Now I know a lot more people who are connected in the hockey community, like local hockey community. Like I must know somebody who who knows his family. Uh, like I'm sure of it. And the fact that doesn't live in Canada anymore, plays in Europe, and this the the dread of like this news coming to him and who knows how hockey culture is there, but like. I'm assuming it's not much better than it is no. that he has to relive all this. And as much as people are like patting him on the back and calling him a hero, like this is not over for him. He still has to relive this every day. Um, he was probably yeah. not prepared for it to come out like this. And so I always argue in my head against the person who's super optimistic about this. Like, isn't it good that we all learned about this now and won't happen? I'm like, shut the fuck. This is gonna. This is happening right now. It's gonna happen. Yeah. Let's close off with saying what we think should happen to the Blackhawks. <laughs> 
and the people who did this. Like I it would be I really think... good bit to just immediately cut to dead air after that. <laughs> Here's what we think yeah. happened to the Blackhawk podcast ads. Sopranos finale. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's leave it there. <laughs> um I'll take it and say uh Thank you so much, everybody, who's been continuing to contribute to the Patreon. And and if you want to continue contributing to us, helps us with some fees for hosting and equipment. And also, honestly, helps Jackson out with some costs that he, he's had to face uh, after uh, after where he's been lately. So uh, we yeah. really appreciate everybody who's continued uh, helping us out. There's obviously something in it for you also. There is a big backlog of, uh, of episodes that we have, premium episodes, and as we get closer to normality of our show, we we will go back to doing more premium episodes. Uh, we have a huge backlog of Heritage Minutes where we just go back. Imagine those Canadian commercials about Heritage Minutes. We do that, but for the Canucks. Um, pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> Sometimes we'll do an hour on Artem Chubarev's car, Steve McCarthy's helmet strap, things of that nature. We have lots in there, and we will return to making more of that soon. So it's I believe it is uh, www.patreon.com slash roxyfever for a few bucks a month you get access to all our old episodes yeah just uh thanks for sticking with us um and thanks for sticking through this episode with with the man short how else do we end these episodes um thanks everyone for listening you can follow us oh, on yeah. all the various things so you can follow me at moose kayak you can follow jackson at Valesman mcdonald you can follow me at Vyasaran. um if you're cool if you're cool you can also look me up on letterboxd at v saran I oh man i should get a letterboxd you should get one i I, I'm, I'm going to sign up for one later. after after we get off the call. Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> um, I feel like the world needs to know my terrible taste in movies. <laughs> I I just want to, I want to see. I, I, it's so much fun. Yeah, the reviews can be really fun. Uh, and like Justin Mars said, is a fun. Um, but but also just seeing like just checking it out and like seeing what weird old movie your friend has seen like lately. Just being like, right, what is going on over there? <laughs> this would really would have been helpful like two years ago. <laughs> Yeah. And also getting into fights with your friends. Like I see somebody just gave Duna three stars and I'm going to go and call them at 3 a.m. just to torment for that. So right. As they, they deserve. deserve. They deserve it. Um, <laughs> don't forget to follow the pod at Roxy Fever, which is also just Fios's account to tweet about hockey on. Sometimes it's you. Sometimes it is me. Yeah. But if like if someone's like tweeting during the game, it's almost always you. Yeah. Yeah. It's because, like, obviously, I don't, I don't want to. Because you want to, you want to be firing off your like instant reaction tweets, but you don't want to like unlock your account for that. Yeah, and I have come close. There are many fights I'd like to start. I've wanted to be a part of and start, but yeah, not right now. Anyways, um, thanks everyone thanks for everybody. listening to us. Thanks for sticking with us, even though we haven't recorded or released anything in like a month. Uh, uh two months. Yeah, <laughs> we're getting closer. Uh, and yeah. thank, thank you to whoever had to edit this episode. God bless you. Yeah. Might be me. Who knows? There's actually this. Anyways, thanks everybody. Good night. Yep. Thanks. Bye.